This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. You know, earlier this week, a story that has gone viral, black women, some of them judges already, running for judicial seats. Some are running for judicial seats for the first time. They are being challenged for qualification because of a new Texas law. Let me remind you of some of the reporting. Here it is. As reported by the defender, according to multiple black women who are running in the March primary, a new Texas law is being weaponized in Houston's judicial races where candidates Takasha Francis, Erica Hughes, and Amber Boyd Cora all overcame efforts to be removed from the ballot by their all white male competition. This goes back to a law. My understanding, one of those challenges is going before a court now. And I have with me Judge Erica Hughes, candidate for Texas 151st District Court. And you were also appointed by Attorney General Merrick Garland as a US immigration judge in 2021. First African American female to serve as presiding judge of Harris County Criminal Court at law number three, serving from 2019 to 2021. And the first African American and female judge for the Harris County Veterans Court from 2019-2021. And literally, they're also saying that you're not qualified under this new Texas law or paperwork issues to run for office. Uh, Judge Hughes, thank you for being on the show. How are you? Dr. Richie, thank you for the opportunity. I'm doing well today. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, this is insane. Uh, but I've said there are a few states that would test new laws like this. Texas is one of them, Georgia, Mississippi, um, and Alabama, and sometimes Florida. They would test new laws. So there's a new law in Texas. Can you explain to me what this House bill actually does? It's called the Incumbent Protection Bill, um, non-affectionately. But what does the bill do? Uh, it allows individuals who currently hold office in judicial seats uh, not to put their qualifications or fill out the spaces on the application. Okay, and it mandates that the challengers of these incumbents must go through this additional qualifications procedure based on this new state law. Is that basically the gist of it? Correct. Okay, now in order to enforce it, this isn't something that's arbitrarily enforced. Um, or, or that state enforced. This is 
it seems like it's being enforced by, like challenged by the person you're running against. Is that is that the way it's happening? Uh, that is the way it's happening. The individuals that currently hold the seat are using this law uh, to challenge the application. But the way they're doing it is not including us as a party. They actually sue the Harris County Democratic Party and not uh, name us, uh, but as a party of interest, not a party to the lawsuit. So interesting. Explain the legal strategy as to why they went to the Democratic Party and said, okay, listen, Democratic Party, your candidates are in violation because of this new law. Why is that important to their strategy? Because if we are removed from the ballot, then they would be the only individual left on the ballot. Democracy is taken from the people and the fundamental right to vote. And they're the automatic winner. The people don't have a choice. The people don't get to decide. When this bill was presented, was it clear what they were trying to do or did it catch up after the bill? I believe it's caught up after the bill. Specifically, um, my case went all the way to the Texas Supreme Court. And so you see the trial court, the Court of Appeals, and the Texas Supreme Court interpret uh, the legislature's bill and basically make the finding that um, the bill should not be written in this way. And if so, all of the challenges, the individuals running should be able to make the corrections or update the applications. What is the specific claim um, your uh, opponent levied against you? So for me in my race, I have to have 250 signatures from registered voters in Harris County. In total, I had uh, over 500 signatures on my uh, application, 700 uh, plus. He alleges that 102 signatures are forged um, out of the 700 plus. And so if you do the math, 700 minus 102 signatures, I still have the 250 signatures standing uh, to remain as a candidate on the ballot. Yeah, this is great. He verified. He verified that you have enough signatures. So what, what is his argument now? Uh, if, if, if Because anyone else, let's say we're doing a city petition, if that's proven, which by the way, it definitely is not. And he's, I think he's just trying to impugn your character. But if that's proven, unless there's a city petition, you just throw out the signature. And then you calculate if you got enough. So what is his argument when he has admitted you got the prerequisite signatures needed in order to challenge? And so he non-suited at the trial court level and went to the Court of Appeals and Supreme Court. And then he alleged that since 102 signatures are forged, then that makes all of the signatures invalid. So none of the signatures should be valid, and I should not be allowed to be on the ballot because of forged signatures. Y'all need to check his qualifications. That's one of the dumbest legal arguments I've heard. And how long has he been in office, Judge? Uh, 15 years. Once he finishes this year, 16 years. Okay. And all of the black women that we've talked about in this reporting, you all are running against white male judges, I think, is primarily the, the contrast, right? That's correct. Uh, Amber Boyd Cora is running for a court of appeals. And so they're named justices instead of judges, but still the same concept. You're right, Dr. Richard. Yeah. Everybody's running against a judge uh, that's currently seated. White man. You know, on face value, uh, Judge Hughes, I would say, and I I recently finished law school. All right. So I'm I'm standing for the bar now. Thank you. And uh, this is obviously face value. It's discriminatory. It's requiring one government employee uh, 
to have a particular set of rules that another one does not. And I looked up some other rules and some case law, some other positions. States have tried this with sheriffs, etc. with um, the residency requirements, um, grandfathered in based on historical this, that, and the other. Routinely, these laws have been presented, and many times they are, in fact, later overturned. Is there an effort to overturn this legislation now? Uh, the next session comes up uh, this well before the summer. I think you will see uh, some bills uh, presented by legislatures from Houston or others um, on the House floor uh, to change the law um, or at least make some amendments. I think that this uh, election cycle. Uh, will definitely bring some attention and some new uh, legislative uh, bills proposed. Yeah. There was one, um, if memory serves me correct, I think it was Francis. The, the argument was she's she has not been a practicing attorney. Um, and practicing attorney, as you are well aware, can come in many forms. And she has been what I would call a contract and, and kind of a, a protocol attorney. Right, giving legal advice for sure, or legal guidance on cases, and and maybe doing some legal work for the for family members. That's all permissible. They're they're making an argument she's not a practicing attorney because she's not practicing in traditional ways that they would assume. But that's not in the law. That's not part of the rules. So tell me how they are getting away with creating additional rules that are not stated statutorily. Well, it's a subjective view. Uh, I believe, Dr. Ritchie, as to who, uh, what is the practice of law. Mm. And I think um, as this case goes to trial, she's on the ballot, but now they're trying to ask for a declaratory judgment uh, saying, even if she wins, uh, she is not the, the winner of the election because she did not meet the qualification. So even after the people decide uh, and the court has ruled in the Supreme Court that she remains on the ballot, uh, that challenges to the application aren't valid. Now, she, if she wins the election, now they're saying we need to have someone appointed. And then the appointed person, of course, should be the current judge in the seat and not her. It's unbelievable. It's it unbelievable. Um, they're using statute in order to exact their power, uh, to keep it, to hold it. These things are not good faith measures. This is not a good faith way to utilize the, the law itself. And if you look at the board certification dynamic, the argument about is a person board certified in, in some of these other specialty areas, I've never heard of such things before. Um, prerequisites are quite simple to run for political office when you look at them. And this complexity has come. But here's the thing, a lot of conservatives have figured out how to pass legislation to preempt the argument so that once people find out this law exists, they're already using it as a code, in a sense, to eliminate certain people from being able to run. I heard one guy, the attorney made the argument, he tried to clean it up from what one of the judges said. He said, "Oh no, 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 this is not about qualifications. He said, this is about eligibility. Can you unpack that for me? I think it's, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, you you move the needle uh, once an individual finds out the rules, you change the mm -hmm. rules, you change the game, uh, the rules of the game. I was a part of the Houston 19 in 2018, uh, yeah. the picture you referenced in the other article. 
And uh, that's the largest number here in Harris County and in a lot of places around the country for African-American women to win. It sent the county, I believe in the state of Texas into a frenzy and you saw legislation changed. And that changed uh, specifically the requirements. They were a lot less, so four years that you had to be a judge. So they doubled it. They made it eight years that you had to be a practicing attorney to run. Um, And so they changed some of the qualifications. And the application has changed as well from the first time that I ran. Uh, with the board's certification, what type of law have you practiced? And so just changing the rules. Um, And so also the argument, changing the argument. As I told you at the trial court level, mine was 102 signatures. And then it went to the forgery. And as you just mentioned, um, the experience um, and then the eligibility, changing the rules of the game uh, so that they're different uh, when it comes to uh, make them have a better case. Doesn't this prove beyond a reasonable doubt that the last thing they won't judge is fairness? We're always told about this great uh, equilibrium that exists in America. Everybody has the same opportunity. They are literally passing laws in order to protect one class and to discriminate against another. Because the last thing they actually want is equal, an equal playing field. Um, What should people do? What should people do uh, to help? I think that people, one, uh, need to spread this message and then also need to make sure they're registered to vote uh, in this primary election. And then they need to cast their vote and let their voice be heard to say, you're a judge. You should be impartial. We want someone who is going to promote fairness and equal justice for all parties, no matter what they look like, no matter where they come from. And I think people have to make their voice known in this primary election and go vote. It's simple as that. You, um, you're such a sharp scholar of the law. Um, you have a bachelor's in electrical engineering. You are well respected in the legal community. And to, to have this kind of assault from um, someone on the bench, I mean, there's supposed to be this level of decorum between judges. Um, what, what's your What's your response to that? Uh, Dr. Ritchie, for me, I served this country in the United States military. Uh, Again, I mentioned I was appointed by the Biden administration, Attorney General Merrick Garland. I went through extensive background checks for both of those uh, positions. I served as a captain in the um, United States Army. And so to be accused of a felony, which could serve two to 10 years in jail for uh, forgery, is almost just taking me back uh, to before this position was even created. Something my ancestors had to go through or fight for. And it's amazing that tomorrow we start Black History Month. And here we are, here I am in this position uh, in the legal community, have practiced for over uh, a decade. And here we are yet again with allegations, with no proof. from someone who should be held to a higher standard. So it's really unbelievable. Um, and I just am, am, I guess, not really at a loss for words, but just so surprised that this is where we are in 2024 as we approach Black History Month. And yeah. here I am facing these allegations. And uh, just a note to the, uh, to the viewers, um, 
They've had other challenges. These judges have had other challenges. They have not done to the other challengers what they're doing to you and the other black women running. Is that correct? That is correct. Wow. In 16 years. Wow. Wow. All right. We are so thankful for your leadership, Judge Erica Hughes, for anyone who can be supportive of her leadership and the continued leadership of these amazing black women judges and judicial candidates, please do so. Thank you so much, Judge Hughes. Thank you, Dr. Ritchie. I appreciate you giving us this opportunity to talk today. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much. Pleasure's mine.